Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. On today's show, we sit down and we talk all about China, Illinois on Adult Swim. And the season finale is today, November 24th at like 1030 or 11 or midnight or, I don't know, just DVR. Let's get to the show. Joining everybody, I'm your host as always, Grim Shea. Joining me as always is Marky. Say hi to the people, Marky. Hello, everybody. And this, as I mentioned, is Maddie P presents Saturday Morning Serial, where we take time to celebrate and remember the original happy hour, Saturday mornings as a kid. But now it's all the pop culture that's come out of that, out of the bad cartoons and sugary cereal and blowing off exercise. Well, now we're uh, we're fans, we're geeks, and we're all grown up, and we like to talk about it. Mark E., do you like talking about it? Well, I like living it, not necessarily talking about it. Well, that doesn't lend itself to the radio show well, but we'll we'll move on from it anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I think it's just it's it is such a part of life now. You know, uh, the the things that started off when we were kids, you know, uh, those like Saturday mornings, that that's kind of grown up with us, you know. That's, yeah, that's yeah. all. That's still here. You know, it's it's still a life that we very, very much live, even if it's not condensed to those few hours every Saturday morning, which were incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was our generation just said, "No, screw it. We're going to grow up and keep the cartoons with us." Yeah, yeah. We're you know, and I think that's what's going to separate us from you know the generations that were before is that you know we kind of brought everything with us. You know, it's like we're taking our toys and we're <laughs> getting out of here, mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? still so. infantile, but. But that doesn't mean that there isn't some quality, and, uh, and you know, it's it's pop culture. I'm not saying other generations didn't have pop culture, but even at our age, we love it, we love it, we eat it, we breathe it. You got sixty year olds going to Comic Con. Yep. You got twelve Dressing superhero movies a summer. A summer. Thor is like the biggest movie of the summer now, and it's well, or it's the biggest. Uh, it's the biggest movie out right now, Thor 2. It, it beat its first movie, Thor 1, uh, by, you know, I don't know, $30 million or something opening weekend. I mean, it was just like this, it's this huge, well, no, it's a 30% jump from where it was last year, the last Thor movie. Um, so these... And this is Thor. People don't even Thor. like Thor. I don't even like Thor. Mm. You know? It, it, it does amazing things. But that's... Uh, 
that that's the kind of thing we like to talk about here on the show is is uh, is where is culture how did it get there why should we should we tolerate it and, and should we celebrate it yeah is is it okay to still be loving this stuff that's kind of the main purpose here you know? yeah and that's i'm glad you said it like that because that's what i want to talk about today it's it's clear uh, you know, in today's oversaturated uh, entertainment, pop culture world, whatever, you can watch a cartoon of any kind at any time, mm-hmm. multiple multiple sources. Uh, if anything, there's too much content, but we love it. We love it, and is it all right to love it? You know, generations past, didn't they have to stop watching, you know, The Lone Ranger and start watching Gunsmoke at some point? <laughs> yeah, I think it went from there to, like, The Rifleman or something. Yeah, yeah. and uh, now we're... we're we're just as happy to have over-the-top, ridiculous, stupid can Thor. Yeah. And, and I don't mind yeah. it. I just don't no, like it. No. But I don't mind it. No. And then you can, it, it's totally, you can you can ground a character like Thor in the middle of, which is a fantasy character, you know, uh, and you can ground him with science fiction characters, you know, Iron Man and Captain America and even the Hulk is still science, you know, he's still, he's still a science fiction character. Um and the movie not only does it play well, but it's you know the greatest opening weekend of any movie of all time, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's just this you know it it's probably responsible for Disney even buying you know Marvel. Um, I think that it, that, that all kind of happened around the same time. I'm not quite sure about the timeline, but I don't know if I think it was Avengers coming and Disney buying Marvel was just kind of a package deal, you know, because we we kind of knew where this thing was going. Um, and the difference here is, um, you know, any kind of, um, inter, uh, the, uh, I actually have a background in, um, uh, sales for like radio. Okay. And one of the like rules was, was like, if you want to kind of get the trends going, um, you know, first you have to bring the women, you know, the girls specifically, and then the trends kind of follow, you know, so guys will follow where it goes. So that's why, like, you know, Katy Perry's so big or, you know, Tyler Swift is so big. But this goes back to time immemorial, and it's always been this way, you know. And so the actual difference here is that the reason why Marvel is so big, you know, and these superheroes are so big, Superman, Batman, all those things, is because now it's kind of the boys that are growing up and still just kind of not letting these things go. So, you know, our money's following, it's going with us, um, and... As we get older, those storylines mature, you know. Um, we've come a long way from Adam West to Christopher Nolan yeah, know, through, yeah. through his interpretation. Um, and it's, you know, that's kind of the overall question here. You know, is this okay? You know, is this okay? You know, um, how do you feel about still, you know, wearing a Superman shirt when you're 40 years old and you have kids of your own? Um, I I feel fine, or, or I, I would feel fine. Yeah, well, I don't, uh, and I don't think there is the stigma on it that there used mm-hmm. to be. I'm, I'm just assuming 50 years ago there was a stigma against that sort of thing because, you know, general adult culture didn't have that. The stupid, crazy storylines, the, uh, the, the superheroes in comic books flying around, that was all specifically for kids, and it was expected that at some point when you weren't a kid anymore you'd stop, you'd stop caring about that sort of thing. And I think that probably worked for a couple generations, but not anymore. We don't want to give it up. 
I'm not apologizing for it. But luckily, I look around and no one's asking us to. No, so, it's actually just becoming more and more yeah. popular. Um, so the question is, should that be all right? Should we demanding, you know, some, some apologies from ourselves? Should we have a little self-hatred for refusing to grow up in this way? Yeah, should we kind of, you know, wind the clock up? You know, should we kind of speed it up and kind of get past these things? Um, you know, I have a resounding no. You know, I mean, I'm a big, you know, the whole um, uh, our, you know, my uh, Twitter feed, uh, Stay Classy SDCC. The SDCC stands for San Diego Comic Con. Um, and so, you know, this was something that this was the first part of San Diego that I really felt in love with was this Comic Con. And I've been going every year since, you know, this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm on my 13th Comic Con, I think, coming up. Um, and that was the first real um, proof that I was not alone. You know, um, it, it kind of started in 1999 uh, with The Phantom Menace coming out. And when I was, um, you know, basically camping out for movie tickets. Um, but I was not alone, guys. You know, and that, that's kind of the point here is there was a lot of us. We were all just kind of lurking in the background. You know, some of us had, you know... It, Maybe we could express ourselves by getting a, you know, a Darth Vader tattoo when those were cool, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, we were trying to find a way to kind of accelerate and mature um, these these themes that started um, forming for us, you know, for uh, uh, through comics or Saturday morning cartoons, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, now we have. It's kind of Comic-Con all over the place now. You know, everybody fell for this. You know, everybody yep. wanted this. Everybody was, thing. Yeah, everyone was itching for this avenue, this venue, um, to express these things. And, also, and you've been going 13 years now. Yeah, I'm, I'm on my 13th year. Back in, you know, 1930, if you were 13, it was time to stop. Yeah, and like plow like fields. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you get over the scarlet fever, you go to war, and you come back, and at 16, you got a family. <laughs> Yeah, and that's assuming you have both both arms or whatever left, you know, because uh, th- things were tough. And I'm not even saying that you could lose an arm during war. Specifically, it could be a horrible accident here or whatever. You know, times were a lot tougher back then. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, as the country matures, um, we kind of have more time to. Uh, well, well now let me see if I get. I think you're trying to you're trying to make it sound a little better than this, but I think what I'm reading into what you're saying is our society, you know, uh, uh, I guess America, uh-huh. top world, you know, status, whatever, has made us so soft that we can just say, screw it, I'm going to keep reading comic books. Yeah, I don't know if soft is the right term. I think it's more like we just have, we kind of have more time. You know, it's kind of like the hierarchy of needs here. You know, we're no longer having to worry about hunting and gathering. You know, we're kind of cool there. Um, you know, the, we're able to keep ourselves alive, you know, pretty, you know, pretty consistently. So we're not so worried about that there. Um, you know, as far as income goes and things like that, again, you know, kids don't have, you know, kids are actually forbidden, thank God. You know, uh, go, go Roosevelt. You know, you can't just, you, you know, we're not thrown into the, you know, coal mines at, at, at 10 because or or we're not digging diamonds out because we well, have the nice little hands. to me like, uh, you know, it's making us softer. Well, then. sure, I guess you can call but that maybe soft. Maybe that's why I, our generation just said, no, I'm not giving up my cartoons. <laughs> well, and now we've got Adult Swim, we've got Cartoon Network, we've got, 
I guess so, but I, I internet everything. Yes, we're not out there plowing fields at ten years old anymore. And I guess you could say that's making that's making us soft. But I think you know we all would appreciate, and you know those kids that are around the world that are still having to do those things. This is a. Hey, I'm not talking shit about those kids. Don't put words in my mouth. Well, no, I'm just saying. I think they I love would, you, kids. They would all appreciate the opportunity to also, you know, worry about comic books and things like that as they grow older, and not have to worry about, you know, putting food on the table for a family of five yeah. by yeah. the time they're 18. So yes, we we have a machete. We're we're all life. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm again. I'm not here to judge. I'm just asking some questions because I'm curious why. Why I don't mind. Why I don't walk around with more guilt for liking these uh, childish things, and I don't. Um, well, I I actually kind of do a little bit, you know, like, um, you know, I don't tell like my, you know, my parents, you know, like I tell them that I'm going to this, you know, thing, or, or I've been telling them about this Comic Con thing, but it's hard for me to really explain it to them, you know. I mean, it's they kind of just wouldn't get it. So are you saying it's hard to do or hard for you to want to do? You just don't want them. Well, it's hard for me to explain to them. Like, I just don't think that they would get, you know, they're like, you know, you know, all of my parents know that I'm an incredibly huge fan of Star Wars, for example. I'm a big collector and I have all these things. Um, but they, I don't, they obviously, I, they apparently don't know the extent of to which I've yeah. taken this collection. But they also don't know, um, it's almost it's almost pointless to kind of try to even ex- to catch them up to where I am. You know, like the the philosophical lessons that I that I gleam from Star Wars novels and movies and characters. You know, the you know the the morality that I see in it, the quest that I see in it, the purpose that I see in it. It's hard for me to explain to them that I see these things there. So I kind of just skip it. You know, it's it's a very, you know it tends to be a very personal thing. Um, I am grateful, though, that when I enter this this world, and in this particular case, it's Comic-Con, um, for those of you listening, it's this show, but it's this is a safe place, you know, for us to take these, um, you know, these passions of ours, you know. We're, you don't have to be ashamed to love well, these things. It, see, it, it almost sounds like by admitting there's a safe place to do it, you're kind of saying there's still some stigma attached to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Otherwise, yeah, we're yeah we're like right. smokers. And I think that's true, but it's uh, no one's stopping. And this is a you know, this makes billion dollar movies now. It's it's set. It's yeah, the zeitgeist. Right. So we're not getting away from it. You're right. Um, and in fact, I want to delve further into it on today's show. Uh, Marky, I'm glad you asked. We're going to be talking to the incomparable. Uh, Gary Anthony Williams. <laughs> this guy's great. I love this guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, voice actor extraordinaire. Does lots of cartoons. We'll we'll get into that. You'll, you'll hear more about that. Uh, we're also talking to Brad Neely and Daniel Weidenfeld. Brad Neely, uh, creator, uh, definitely a product of this generation. And everything we're talking about. Took it upon himself. Started doing short animated uh, web series. Uh, got picked up by bigger and bigger outlets, and now he's working with Adult Swim. They're doing uh, China, Illinois. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I am. I love it. It's hilarious. It's uh, it's animated, first of all, but it's not for kids, but it is childish. It really captures exactly what we're talking about, I think, of whether you can be mature and enjoy something on that level or uh, just honestly love it and say, I have no choice but to make stuff like this. And in fact, if you uh, heard our little addition to our intro song, 
earlier there. That was Quiblo, uh, a uh, little Quiblo. project by Brad Neely. You can find it on uh, on his webpage on YouTube. Um, you better spell that out. What is Quiblo? Whopper and a forty. Uh, Quiblo is apparently well. You know, we're going to talk to Brad about it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but I want you to, uh, to to get out there, look it up. Um, lots of curse words, childish drawings, mature themes, but no real reason for it to exist other than just to mindlessly entertain us. Yeah, yeah. So I think it, it captures it well. Uh, Got to get a Whopper and a 40. That's right. All right. Uh, now, before we get any further into this, uh, do you want to just talk to Gary first? I loved our conversation with Gary. Yeah, I think we need to – I think we should start the show with this guy. Um, he's been. Can you just go through a quick list of where he's been and what he's been doing? Oh, well, he's, uh, first of all, he's the voice of Uncle Ruckus. Not even a show on the air anymore, but still, to me, that's just Uh career-defining. He's also done some live-action stuff. He was the uh, the nerdy uh, neighbor dad on Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, I think he's in... uh, He was in Weeds. He was in Weeds, that's right. That's what I was trying to remember. Played kind of a tougher guy, but uh, uh, great range and, honestly, hilarious. Why don't we have him tell us? Yeah, yeah, you want to talk to him about yeah, it? Yeah, let's just... All right, let's get him out here. That's super up. Okay, you're on with Gary. Oh, all right. Hey, Gary. Wasn't that easy? That just It just happened. Like, it was meant to be. Yeah, this, <laughs> this may be the easiest phone call of our lives. <laughs> well, this I don't want to raise the This may be the easiest hook up that you and I have ever made. Yeah. Yeah, I think from here on out, there's nothing to there's nothing to look forward to after this. I think you you strongly underestimate us, sir. <laughs> well, no, oh, when I got up this morning, right. I had a feeling I was a pretty much going to peak. So, yeah, all downhill yeah. from yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> but how's it feel? How's that peak feel? Is it worth it? Is it worth the ride? Oh, I got I got to be honest with you. Hell no. Okay. I'm over it already. Uh, yeah, well, already I'm, I'm washed with I, I am on the down of this roller coaster. I'm, I'm, I'm ready okay, to go. Okay, well, guys, I'm, yeah. still All right. feeling a very, I'm still feeling a very nice buzz from this whole thing. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. Well, then I'm, I'm going to ride on yeah. your coattails for this one. Okay, All right. Let's see. Uh, let me do a quick intro here, and then we'll, uh, we'll make this short and sweet. Um, All right. All right. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us again. I'm Grim Shea, joined as always by Mark E. Say hi, Mark E. Hello, y'all. Uh, and we are all lucky to have Gary Anthony Williams joining us in probably the best phone call I've ever had so far. <laughs> Hello, Gary. Yeah, uh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Grim and Marky, e, uh, I have a lot of people around me right now, a lot of family members around me, massaging my neck. Uh, you know, I have very <laughs> tight ankles. They're loosening up the ankles. Just it's getting like me ready, ready for, for this phone call. That's right. Oh, That's yeah. Oh, yeah. good. I was, I was afraid I was the only one who limbered up. Mm-hmm. No, 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 my friend. You and I are both in very limber space right now. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm about to slip out of this chair. <laughs> oh, it feels good. Well, and if you've got any other family members you want to send my way, I guess I could use a little something on the back. Yeah. All okay. right, all right. Yeah. Now, no, no, they'll be there. <laughs> All right, now, uh, you all, well, if you don't recognize his voice, you probably are deaf. But uh, uh, Mr. Williams has been in Boondocks, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, Raising Hope, uh, 
China, Illinois, which is, uh, which is I think, about to end its season run. A great show on Adult Swim. Seen him in Weeds. And uh, you've heard his voice in the Clone Wars, in Batman, The Dark Knight Returns. I'm, I'm just going to waste all the time if I keep naming things. So I'm going to dive into it. And I've got to say, Uncle Ruckus, the boondocks. <laughs> Uncle Ruckus. Yes, I, yes, Uncle Ruckus. Oh, <laughs> He just did it. Oh, oh, Lord, how much that feels so good to be talking about both of y'all right now. <laughs> yeah, man, Uncle Ruck is quite a ride, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I was the way I was raised, I should not like Uncle Ruckus at all. I feel like I shouldn't even no be one able to laugh at him, but like, hilarious. Yeah, no, nobody should like Uncle Ruckus. Uncle Ruckus should not like Uncle Ruckus, but it's just that... That little part of all of us that saying some real wrong things, man. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. And I got to tell you, I did a lot of live Uncle Ruckus stuff recently where some people had me dress up in Uncle Ruckus wardrobe and meet people, and nothing was more pleasing to people than getting insulted as Uncle Ruckus, just being racist and horrible to people. Uh, so for all the children like out there, I say take it. <laughs> I just think that all kids out there should take just one day just to walk around and be as racist and horrible as they can. How <laughs> <laughs> many friends? <laughs> what, it would be a beautiful world if only we could do that. What a world. Yeah, for about four minutes till you get clocked on the head. and then. Yeah, <laughs> I think, and everything goes back to the way it should be. But, I, yeah, it is, it is definitely a guilty pleasure to be able to laugh. Yeah, Uncle I mean, he makes it so that you do want to laugh at him. You know, yeah. there's not a That's whole lot of sympathy. Part. Yeah, I'll say yeah, that, that for the good part. Yeah, the good. I think you're right, man. The good part yeah. about Uncle Ruckus is everybody except him realizes what an idiot he is. So, so you can't afford to laugh at him because if he had real support, it would be a real scary situation. Yeah, yeah, to think that there would be a real person out there uh, not getting the irony. Uh, yeah, that's right. In fact, yeah. I was, I was going to ask you, or I was going to beg you, you know, please tell me that you didn't find some inspiration for Uncle Ruckus and anyone you know. Uh, well, I would, I would be lying to you if I said that was true. But I grew up in the South, and uh, oh, I, by the way, I, you may know this, but I grew up black. I really did. From the get-go? Um, and my dad, yeah, from the get-go, as, as I like to say, from jump. I was black from jump. <laughs> I know now you got all these people like Miley Cyrus, and they get black later in, in their years, and they learn yeah. certain dances, and they get black. I was born that way. Um, oh, I'm so lucky. I can't afford it these, yet. It, no, dude, I have a seminar if you want to do it. Uh, it's called Black in a Week. In one week, I can have you African-Americanized. I can African-Americanize you, so we can do this. Uh, this well, listen, possible. I got it, but is it reversible? I've got to do my research here. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you know, you think you know what they're talking about when they go, once you go black, you never go back. No, they mean once you get African, African-Americanized, that's it. You're black for the rest of your life. Oh. You've achieved. Why would you go back? Well, I can say that it's going to make some weird family reunions until the grandparents die, but all right, I'm willing. Yeah. 
Yeah, they can't live forever, though. That's the good part. White people die. Um, <laughs> I, say, I say that in <laughs> We depth, got our sound you know. bite. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, my, my, so in, I grew up in the South and around my dad's friends, and there were several of his friends who were very much like Uncle Ruckus. And I always locked those guys away in my head. So I got a call to come in and audition for the show, and the first thing that I did to audition was just to mimic a couple of my dad's friends that I remember coming around all the time when I was really, really young. And even th- at that age, being horrified what was coming out of their mouth. So, <laughs> yes, Uncle Ruckus, definitely my portrayal of him is based on some serious southern Fayetteville, Georgia reality. <laughs> wow. Sad, I am glad it's in cartoon form then when I see it. Well, you know, I, I, I am yeah. actually a uh, – I have um, – my position is that to be really truly racist, you have to have some like intent behind it. And even if mm-hmm. I look at Uncle Ruckus like in those, you know, through through that understanding, he's still pretty racist. You know, he he means <laughs> yeah. it. You know what I mean? Oh, like, he's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> he's horrible. I was just in Florida recently where they have perfected racism. Uh, it's perfect down there. Racism <laughs> and humidity and mosquitoes. They really have perfected it. You can step off the plane and go, yeah, okay, I'm home if I was a racist human mosquito. Uh, but still, even in, in, that, in that case, I think some of them would be a little afraid of Uncle Ruckus still. Yeah, he's a horrible dude, but I love playing him. Love it. And uh, the only thing is my son's only, t- my son's only 10, so he hasn't had a chance to see Uncle Ruckus yet. And I'm afraid to let him see who Uncle <laughs> no, I think there does really? need to be. Yeah, you can't you can't throw you know. Well, you can't throw Boondocks on on a Saturday morning in between the Smurfs and, and <laughs> you know the Avengers. That's that's not going to fly. You do need. Yeah. Well, it's on Adult Swim, so they kind of tell you right there. You got to be a little yeah. bit grown up. Yeah, yeah. And then you're allowed to laugh at it like an idiot. I think that's what you get. Yeah. From pretending exactly. to be educated but, and empathetic. Right. Right. Well, there's, and there's, Wait till you're old enough to be your own idiot first, and then 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 enjoy the idiocy of others. That's that's advice advice to live by. Another soundbite. This is this is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of Adult Swim, uh, China, Illinois. Uh, we talked yeah. to uh, to Brad Neely uh, the other week. He got us pretty excited. I've been watching the show. Uh, it's about to wrap up, and again. You do some of the best voice work. I'm not knocking oh, your thanks, live ma'am. action stuff, yeah, yeah. but you can always tell when Gary Anthony Williams. My throat. So, yeah, <laughs> guys, I, I wasn't going to use those words. I have an but, amazing. I'll, I'll be honest. I have an amazing throat hole. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Once again, another great, crazy show. I mean, if you watch any of China, Illinois, and they, they, they say it right at the top in their theme song that it's like the worst, the worst university in the world and no one should ever go there. And it is great. It is great and absolutely insane. It's more insane in, in its storyline than, than the boom. You're talking about the boom. It's more insane than the boom. Because it is just pure insanity. Yeah, like I, they, I get to play a couple of great characters. I play 
Dr. Falgut, who is a professor there, uh, cigarette smoking professor. And then I get to also play this news guy, Golden Bowl, uh, in the show. So I play a couple of different characters, main characters every week. And then I, I play a bunch of, you know, ancillary characters as well. But the show is absolutely 100% certifiable in a good way. Yeah, it does. It, it's, it's one of the, like, the new Adult Swim kind of tradition of just being far enough off the wall where you honestly yeah. have no idea where they're going to go, what they're going to say, but they're always trying to make you laugh. And as basically an yeah. infantile adult, I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a junkie I, you, for you, the Adult Swim stuff. You hit it on the head, man. Like, I have never read one of those scripts and gone, oh, I know where this is going to end. Like, you'll do that with some shows. There's no way in the hell you're going to tell where China, Illinois is going to wind up. It's just no, I, I don't know if you saw the one where uh, Pony is, is dating the big, it's like a, a big louse. A big chigger kind of sucking on her. Did you see that one yet? No, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> that was awesome. This huge, it's a huge insect. And she, you know, like, she's feeling love because it needs her, and it's just sucking her dry. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a Doberman pincher size, like, louse sucking her dry. Like, it needs me so much, you know. It's, it's, it's amazing. Damn those chiggers. And then That's... there was a, yeah, and then there was a great, uh, a great one the, uh, just, that just aired where uh, where Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was their religious one. It was a beautiful story. Uh, it actually it actually did have a lot of heart in it, but it got real terrifying. <laughs> yeah, the yeah they're not afraid to play with that emotion on you. No, they, no they, and uh, I don't know what. They, truthfully, I don't know what Neely is afraid of. I haven't I haven't seen what they're afraid of touching yet. No, because they you know. I think everything. I think just everything drawing realistic people has got to be the only thing that he won't do, and that's, that's <laughs> the sense that that we got from the interview. Yeah, and that maybe that keeps it from being too scary when you see his his uh, line drawings. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh, I think that's a huge part of it. You're not people. I mean, I have no idea how he pitched this show and got it off the ground. Aside from, well, I mean, I, I think he started it online as little bits and pieces, and it. It got taken from there, and it's a good thing because I have no idea how you would pitch that to anybody with enough money to make yeah. a show. I think and, you and gotta wait till. I think you gotta go. You gotta watch them go into a bar, and after they're in there like three hours, then you go in there and pitch that kind of show to them. <laughs> when you know they're good and lubricated and willing to listen to anything. Yeah, when, when uh, they are I, when they are at their peak, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. You got to catch them peeking, and I recommend that for anything in life, anything you're trying to do. Wait till that person is lubricated, uh, oh, yep. really just messed up, and go and pitch them. Yeah, I, I have all my favors in a bar. Yeah, but <laughs> well, you got to be careful. Thing. Someone might come into the bar and get you on marriage too. It's it's a two way street once you're in the bar for a few hours. Oh, dude, I, I have lost so many things, including three of my children, on bar bets, and it's it's not always a good idea. But you yeah. get caught up in the action and excitement, and you just go with it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you probably you probably won a lot of things in bar bets, and no one ever talks about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know There's a good I side to bar bets too. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. ignore it. I think it's time uh, for you and I to make a flip flip book. 
talking about all those things because there, there aren't enough flip books around right now. You know, you're absolutely right. There is a giant glut in the uh, in the flip book market. <laughs> yeah. It, we could do nudie ones. We could do line drawing. We get Brad on board. We could get, do get frightening uh, childlike drawings. I, I would buy them. I would flip through them. Now, now, let me ask you this. Would you buy an episode of China, Illinois on Flipbook if they go, hey, this episode's out in a 20 Flipbook package, and you could watch the episode basically by flipping it at home? Would you purchase something like that? Well, now, does it come with the with the little 45 record with the soundtrack on it? Or am I just going to have to be imagining uh, all the... Because yeah, I'm not, I'm not paying for China, Illinois, if I can't hear Gary Anthony Williams. That's where I draw the line. Gosh, gosh darn it, you've said everything right in this interview. <laughs> you've said everything right. Well, I hope to get oh, the job, sir. the good days. <laughs> that was, you know what? You already got it. There's a warm oh. lap over here waiting on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like a back rub. And, and, oh, and, and, well, you're still trying to sell me a seminar, but I'm telling you, I'm getting that. Uh, okay. You know what? All right. You, uh, now, I know uh, my, my poor co-producer, Mark E. here, is going crazy because he wants to talk to you about uh, your work with, uh, with Batman, The Dark Knight. He's, we are both Marky, big fans I'm of that. Re- uh-huh. I'm ready I'm to speak to you guys whenever you're ready to speak about this. So I'm going to shift gears and I'm going to get in a real serious place now. Let's <laughs> That's talk good. about it, guys. That's good. Well, it's The Dark Knight. You better treat it seriously. Well, and it's, uh, there, is, there is something very specific about this particular title because, um, as anybody in the comic universe knows, The Dark Knight Returns is the, you know, it's the, it's the apex, right? It's, it's, it's what all these superhero movies have now come from, and, and you were a part of it. You know, you were a big part of this particular movie. This is a, for all of you that, that, that don't know about this, last year... Um, uh, DC Comics put out it's a straight to Blu-ray movie and it's 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 high production it's wonderful I've seen it it's and it's it is it is a adaptation of the most popular comic book that I could think of Batman the Dark Knight Returns and they made it into a movie and it's so good and so awesome that they had to make it into two parts right and our guest right now you know Gary Anthony Williams uh, did a lot of the voices on there can you um, were were you aware of the magnitude of this story as far as the whole Batman canon goes? Um, n- let me tell you how unaware I was. <laughs> um, Andrea Romano. Yeah, this is going to be unbelievable, but pretty much par for my course. Andrea Romano um, was the casting director of it. She was also the casting director of, um, of the Boondocks. And she said, hey, Gary, I'd like you to come in and do this character in, in uh, the new Batman. Now, I hadn't done the television show Batman, so I thought, oh, they're doing a new television show Batman. Cool. So I go in and do it, and then I come back in another week and I do some more. And I was like, wow, this is a really long episode of this TV show. I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> of the magnitude oh, wow. of it. And then... And then they start, after they start drawing it, and then you have to go back in, because you do lay down all the voices first. And it was great. I was like, this is so well written. This is so good. This is going to be an amazing TV show. And then after they start drawing it, and I see it, I was like, this can't be the TV show. This is amazing. <laughs> and, then, and then she was like, Gary, no, it's, it's more than that. <laughs> she explained to me what I was doing. And... Um, <laughs> 
I, and I play the mutant leader in the very first one. I'm also in the second one, but I play a news reporter in the second one. And it is amazing. It, the, the, the style of it is amazing. The story that comes from the graphic novel is, you know, they really tried to stay really true to that graphic novel. Um, it's unbelievable. And, I, and when I really knew how big it was, I just put on, like, Facebook or something, like, hey, I, I put up what it was and that it was coming out, and then all of my super nerd friends started, bing, bing, Gary, are you serious in that thing? I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And then I saw the little, um, the little advertisements for it, uh, and then I realized that's something huge. And I watched it with my son, and it was, it's, it's great. It is, it is really great. Some, yeah. Yeah. Well, it you know it's the, dark, uh, like you said. Yeah. 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 It set that new dark tone for all these uh, superhero movies, right? It, Batman, especially. Yeah. Well, it 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 goes from Adam West in the you know doing the Batusi and the you know the goofy '60s kind of <laughs> dancing. It goes from Adam West to the Dark Knight Returns. I mean, that's what happens with this particular story, and it's what what. Um, inspire Tim, you know, Tim Burton to do his Batman movie in mm-hmm. 1987, and it would inspire uh, Christopher Nolan in, in these incredible movies that he, just, that he just put out. So, you know, you were a part of something bigger than you could possibly imagine, sir. I, and I just wanted to give you a lot of, a lot of credit on that one. Yeah. I, I, I truly appreciate that. And like, like I said, I didn't realize what a big deal it was until, <laughs> until I was already face down face down in it but it is i mean i'm very proud of i'm very proud of that whole thing and when i watch it it's first of all andrea romano for my money is the single best voice director i have ever 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 worked with bar none and that's not insulting any of the great people out there but she really gets how to make voice actors tell a story man she really gets it and what she brought to this along with I mean, you already had that great graphic novel. It's it's amazing. It really is something. I'm very proud of being a part of that whole thing, even though I didn't know that I was doing it at the time. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's. I mean, for for such a prolific voice actor as yourself, that's got a huge compliment, I think, to Andrea Romano. You know, because you have she voice great she so is. many things. Um, and she knows fact, how great she is. There's no way. Oh, yeah, no one's saying she is a little conceited. (laughs) I never said, Uh. how dare you, sir? Uh, uh, We're experts at reading between the lines here, Gary. Don't you worry about it. We'll get the word out. No, no, no. (laughs) I I would never say she is very humble. Uh, She flies in in her own helicopter in a very humble helicopter. Oh, Uh, one of those four-seaters. Oh, that's... Yeah, a little four-seater. I would never say (laughs) that she is an absolute sweetheart with talent beyond belief and that is sir i rest my case on that well then that's all right fine i'll I'll give her that version but uh you know the two of you in in this industry for so long you've done so much work i've got to get your take as a as as a professional voice artist is it all right especially this generation now that adults are still watching cartoons is it all right i mean i i i go to bed Every night after watching uh, Cartoon Network Adult Swim, 
That's the last thing I see every night of my life. And it's not because I'm in the industry. It's because I am a cartoon freak. I love cartoons. I love a lot of the kids' cartoons that are out. I've always, I've always, you know, since you, whoever, whoever, I don't know if it was uh, Marky or Grim, which one of you just talked about uh, it's not a Saturday morning cartoon, you know. I grew up just like you guys, like watching those Saturday morning cartoons. And then as I was getting older, I'd watch those 3 o'clock cartoons. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a cartoon freak. And when I meet adults who don't who go, ah, I don't like cartoons, first of all, I defriend them, not just on Facebook, but in real life. <laughs> you jump real in and I will tell ceremony. you publicly. Uh-huh. There is a ser- it is very formal. Mm-hmm. Um but really, I, I don't even like, want to admit I, I don't. Uh, you don't. Wait a minute. What did you just say to me? Did <laughs> you just, say you I, don't I like just, cartoons? No, no, sir. No, sir. I want to be on okay, your friend's side to, eternally. <laughs> okay. No, I was I, about I, to I hit the. I was okay. I, I love cartoons. I have no problem. I think it is perfectly all right for adults to like cartoons. When we were growing up, it wasn't seen that way. I think. But then, you know, like you said, as we got older, then we had those 3 o'clock cartoons, and they gave us more of what we yeah. wanted. And as the years have gone by, I can, you know, there's not, there's not just cartoons available 24-7, but there's cartoons tailored to me as an adult. There are, you know, yeah. after The Simpsons and the primetime animation, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Adult Swim, I think, yeah. is a huge thing. Uh, and, and we've got animated movies you know, you know, getting Oscars now. I think yeah. uh, Marky likes to say that it's because our generation just doesn't want to grow up, which I can't argue with at all. But I can't. Uh, yeah. I don't know that any generation wanted to. We just have the chance now. Yeah, that yeah. we got we got well, more you know, and more of what we wanted. It's funny because some of my best memories of childhood is sitting and watching, like when I come home from school, The Pink Panther with my dad. Or the Flintstones with my dad, you know. I just remember sitting there watching my dad laugh at Pink Panther, which was <laughs> essentially a silent movie. You know, he never really spoke, and if he did, it just eat you out a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, so even he's him, absolutely right. He never talked. <laughs> no, no, no. We're just watching a silent movie. Uh, so, and also, he was a big Tom and Jerry fan. My dad. So even, oh. even then, you know, my my dad, who was a way older man and who had who was in World War II and fought and killed and almost got killed for his country. He was a cartoon fan. <laughs> so, uh, that, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's some like seriously strong memories in my head. And one of you just called me a voiceover professional a minute ago, literally only this year, by the way, I'm very late to the party guys in, in life. Only this year did I go, Whoa, I do this for a living. Now, I've been doing this for a living for a long time, but only this year did I realize, oh, wow, this is what I do for a living. I swear, I was standing at a session. (laughs) I was standing at a session, and it hit me, and I said it out loud, and they looked at me and went, yeah, yeah, you do, Gary. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's why Uh, we keep writing these paychecks with your name on them. Well, Thank God you had that realization before I mentioned something, because I would have felt horrible. If, you, if like, you were yeah, just walked over you in the middle news. of this phone call. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, I just you know, start crying on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I found my place. Well, and you know, and I don't want to give our listeners the wrong idea here. Is uh, you know, um, Mr. Williams here is not just a voice actor. He's been in Knock 'Em in the Middle, Raising Hope, and now let's talk about your stint on Weeds, which was a you know, a, yeah. I I really love that show, and I kind of stopped getting Showtime for a while, and then when I I kind of got it like on the three like on the three week kind of trial or whatever, and I just watched all the Weeds. And you were in it for like the fifth season, like predominantly, right? And so, yeah, I think uh, it was. I don't remember which season it was, but yeah, it was one of the. It's an odd number, maybe five or seven. I don't, and yeah. I don't remember. You would know better than I am. I do. I well, that's, that's actually. Yeah. I, I don't remember, but yeah, you, that, that, can you just kind of talk about that whole experience about being on that? You know, which is, you know, it's probably more of a cult following show right now. You know, this is a, it's a great show. Can you just kind of talk about that experience? Yeah, um, one of those things where went in and auditioned, and the second I saw it, the audition, because his big thing was oh, um, the lead character had been sent to basically a halfway house, um, and, and I ran the halfway house. I was a counselor there, but he loved to speak in rhyme, and you know, <laughs> right. being a big kid, I really, I love stuff like that. And so I got, I auditioned for it. I went, well, this is just too fun not to be doing for a while. And, um, but you know, they never say, it looks like, okay, you'll just be on there for this episode. But then they're like, oh, no, no, he's going to be there for a while. He's the counselor. He's counselor Ed. And so, um, it was, it was great, man. Like, you know, those guys have been doing that show for so long. At that time, it was either, depending on whether it was five or seven, that many seasons. And, I mean, they're very serious about their work there, but my, you know, and it's one of those dark kind of funny mm-hmm. situations that they have going on there. So it was, you know, it was the lead character. It was always us in there. And then they have a nice little plot twist for me where you find out I'm an alcoholic and I'm running this house full of people who are have been drug <laughs> yeah. addicts and prisoners and alcoholics. And you find out that I'm one myself. It was grand, and, and it down the street from my house, which added to the grandeur of it. <laughs> well, it's, I, it's it's probably also you know kind of deep you know deep down in there. It's a comment on like reality, like a, it's a comment on society that you know you got this yeah. counselor who shouldn't be counseling anybody, you know, and he's there and he's responsible exactly. for all these people. So yeah, that, I just yeah. really enjoyed your uh, uh, performance there. So again. I'm doing nothing but praising your work here, man. So, you know, you got uh, – It's You can pull out something like a soul plane and insult me. I won't be angry. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody's I've done, done a lot of <laughs> – I've done a lot of stuff that uh, I'm very happy with, and then a lot of stuff that was like, oh, wow, well, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever – Yeah. Hey, Whatever right. pays the bills. Yeah, man. you need groceries. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you have the groceries. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, even yeah. if someone called my, me today my... and offered me a role in Soul Plane, knowing what I know about it, I'd still say yes. Uh, yeah, I would totally. Work hey on man, Soul. I'm not. I'm not mad at Soul Plane because Soul Plane allowed me to meet Sophia Vergara. Oh my God! And there you go. Sophia wow. Vergara. Yeah, yeah. Our first oh, day together was a that. dance. Yeah, we we played. Uh, 
flight attendants. And our first, my first day working um, was a dance rehearsal with her and this other beautiful actor named Angel Conwell. So it's me, this beautiful black actress, Angel Conwell, and Sofia Vergara. Oh, and, wow. you know, and they're both sitting there in these tight-fitting clothes going, ah, do you think my boobs are too big? Do you think my... I was like, I'm in, I'm, I'm kind of in heaven right now. It so, was, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of like that. for three months. Well, it was, it was kind of like, kind of like what? that I, 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 there, there was this summer where I like, uh, uh, I was a cook and I worked at Hooters. And so like, I, I was there and, those, and these girls <laughs> would like ask you to like tie their shirts. Like, and you know, like <laughs> you have to tie their shirts like from yeah. the back and you know, you pull them tight. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah. and I'm like it's the greatest job in the world, <laughs> but it does not, it does not yeah. compete to, so, to yeah. Sophia. Not at all. Yeah, and you don't it, put it uh, on your resume. And, no, I don't. I actually hide the fact that I work at Hooters. I would. You know what? You should not hide that fact. I mean, you tie <laughs> shirts at Hooters, sir. Tie shirts at Hooters. And I don't know what kind of knot. I don't know if you were tying slip knots or I don't granny. I don't know what you were doing, but the fact is, sir, you are a professional Hooters shirt tire, and you need really? to be proud about that. Thank you, sir. I literally did Here, get paid to do that. Yep, I did. <laughs> Here is something that I've never said aloud uh, to anyone in any interview, ever. Uh, so I'm, I meet Sofia Vergara. Months later, I'm doing a play with Monique, and she goes, hey, Gary, Sofia is on the stage next to us shooting a show. We should go say hi. Like, okay. I go over to say hi to Sofia, and she's on stage. She's, like, shooting this TV show, and she's like, hey, Gary. And then they go cut, and, and she runs backstage, and I think she's running backstage to come and meet me and talk to me. So I run backstage, and I get there, and she's in the middle of a costume change, and she is 100% completely nude. And I mean totally yeah. nude. She's taken off so, everything yeah. to change costumes. Yeah, everything. She is 100% nude. There is nothing on, not a sock, <laughs> not a hairband, nothing. And I, I to run backstage and I see her. Dude, I turn into a seven-year-old child, and I literally <laughs> ran to my car. I, I went, and I ran to my car, and I drove home. <laughs> I ran. Oh, I literally right ran to the bathroom. away, and I kid you not. Oh. I ran to my car, and I drove home. <laughs> uh, I have never told that story. Oh my gosh! That is <laughs> awesome, and that just ruins every next girl in your life. By the way, I mean that's just done. So. Dude, it's Sophia Vergara. I know, and she's she's I mean, beautiful, beautiful, off the charts, knockout. She's beautiful, beautiful. Yep. And she's she, one of the nicest people you will ever meet, and, and definitely all the nicest you'll ever see naked. All of that. I is was from guess that anyway. Yep. All of that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's a good guess, but. <laughs> We have a first-hand account, and uh, simple facts are all of that is because of Soul Plane. All of it. Mm-hmm. So, all of that. Awesome. I would not have ever seen Sophia Vergara naked <laughs> had it not been for Soul Plane. And so for that, I am going to start embroidering pillows with Thank You Soul Plane on them. I'm going to paint my car with Thank You Soul Plane down the side, and I will name my next child Soul Plane. I think I might I just rent Soul Plane. <laughs> I might. Some of this might rub off on me. <laughs> awesome. That is such an awesome uh, story. 
Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Oh, yeah. and every bit oh. of it true, man. I I do not embellish. I could get into more detail, but that's just not proper for a gentleman. No, I, I, I'm and the gonna... beautiful thing about Sophia is she she would not care that I'm telling this story. She knows how she knows how beautiful she is. Yeah, the beautiful and thing I about Sophia is everything. I don't understand everything. why you got to do a costume change and get totally naked, but I'm not going to question the. <laughs> um, you should say that again, Shay, because I, I don't think Gary heard you. So the most beautiful oh, thing about say? her is what? Oh, oh, I was going to say the the most beautiful thing about Sophia is probably everything. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Everything about her is just kind of a yeah, dead yeah. on tie. <laughs> yeah, that one thing, everything. Yeah, you're everything. absolutely right, yeah. man. All right. Well, yeah. now I've got images in my head. Thank you very much, Gary. Uh, hey, oh. any, any day, man. I will. <laughs> because me reliving that story for you helps me relive that story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that just just hearing it makes me feel like we've been in a bar together for three hours, and you're about to hit me up <laughs> something unreasonable. <laughs> so before so before I fall for that, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, thank you so much for talking Did to we, us. Hey, wait a minute. Nope. This did we talk about anything important? I hope we did. Oh, I was kind of hoping we, did. we didn't. No, we covered everything. Actually. Okay, good. Yeah, we're good. Oh, I mean, well, well, I mean, I guess we should uh, we should mention China, Illinois. The uh, season uh, two finale is coming up uh, November twenty fourth. Does that sound right to you, Gary? Does it that it's on November twenty fourth? Hey, man, don't ask me questions about that. <laughs> yeah, why, why put him on the spot? <laughs> I'm going to see if he's paying attention. Yeah. Okay, oh, sorry. I've got to make it up anyway. I've just proven that I don't know if I did season five or seven of Weeds, and you're asking me about a date? <laughs> no, I didn't season. even know I was, I was taping a, the best Batman movie ever, and you asked me about a date? But well, you know what? You... No, that sounds right to me. Well, once you've seen Sophia Vargara naked, I can't imagine many details in life matter I know. anymore. It doesn't matter yeah. anymore. What yeah. else matters? China, Illinois, it's ah. going to end someday. White people die. We all move on. <laughs> Whatever. So, uh, season finale, China, um, Illinois, November 24th. We should all watch it and then go and wa- go and rent Soul Plane. It's got to be in some red box somewhere. <laughs> Check it out. Sophia Vergara's oh, favorite. Gary Anthony Williams. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. This has probably been the most fun interview we've done. Yes, absolutely. I think ever. It was an so, absolute I guess you're right. Thank it's you. all done. Hey, call me anytime you want. I don't care what time it is. Call me whenever you want. <laughs> oh, no, I absolutely will. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll get on the phone together and watch some Adult Swim later tonight. <laughs> all right. All right. All right, okay. And I am going to be greedy here before I let you go. Oh, no. Can you give me just one quick line as ruckus again? <laughs> Tell me to go to hell. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Insult me. All right, folks, let me tell you something. There's no greater joy in life than to listen to that damn Graham and Barky. But do not listen to them if they're talking to a colored man. It will ruin your day. <laughs> Thank you so oh, much, man. Oh, Take care. Oh, bless you. Oh, Thank you're you. welcome. Gary, my, my eyes and my guys. ears will be open for you. Good luck in life. You, and, uh, yeah, I'll be calling you around midnight. Peace out.
do have to mention uh, yeah, awesome. uh, Mr. Williams and Uncle Ruckus, the fictional character, does not express the views of the producers. <laughs> not at all. Or the talent. Yeah. Matty P. Presents Saturday Morning Serial. Uh, can you, okay, let, I think we should go over this particular character. Um, I, I kind of remember, well, I don't kind of remember. I remember a Dave Chappelle character where he was a, a blind uh, KKK. Oh yeah, the, you know, yeah, the black. Yeah, white yeah. Supremacist. Yes, he was a black white supremacist. Was the whole joke, and and he was he was blind, so he didn't even know he was black the whole time. Yeah. Uh, but he was so eloquent and so good at racism that the KKK just loved him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that similar to Uncle Ruckus? Oh, sort of. I mean, Uncle <laughs> Ruckus isn't blind, and he holds oh, I know no he's not illusions blind. about him being black or white. But he, yeah, he encapsulates that uh, the the self hatred. <laughs> yeah. But so I mean and it's he he is so despicable that it's all right to laugh at him, as uh-huh. we said in the uh-huh. interview. Uh but in real life someone like that, that's just frightening. Yeah, well I mean he actually flies a Confederate flag, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 Uh, he wants to he wants to go to White Heaven, presided <laughs> over by Ronald Reagan when he dies. Uh there's a lot of, if you're not a uh, a fan of the Boondocks, uh, get, get on this show. Yeah, go start watching it and become one. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Aaron Magruder uh, started out as a comic strip, I think, in various alternative uh, newspapers and and went, I want to say mainstream because it was on TV, but it was just adult swim. Nonetheless, great show. Uh, what an interview. Gary, Yeah. what a personality. Yeah, you know, okay, so let, let's just kind of go over some of his highlights. Now, you know, we obviously talk about this a little bit in the uh, interview. He He was a part of this. Um, incredible project, which was to bring The Dark Knight Returns to um, to film. I guess, well, film is kind of a that's kind of well, a generic term. straight to DVD well, at yeah. the very least. And it's not even film; it's DVD. It's it's all digital now. But um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's a part of this thing. Um, and what I kind of I actually kind of overlooked asking him about was um, working with uh, another you know another. Uh, friend of the uh, Maddie P family, um, Peter Weller actually played the voice of Batman in that particular um, uh, movie. And, um, you know, Peter Weller, as you guys may remember, is the original RoboCop. I say original because there's another movie coming out uh, early next year, which I am looking, I'm so looking forward to. (laughs) Uh, And Peter Weller, I think, you know, Peter Weller got the job for RoboCop for two reasons. One, his jawline, and two, his voice. You know, because if you're in this RoboCop suit, all you see is the jaw, and all you obviously all your acting is going to come from your voice. You know, and RoboCop had this drop it. You know, you know this real you know uh, animated kind of voice to him. It's kind of a digitized kind of tone, right? Um, You know, it comes out perfectly in Batman, you know, mm-hmm. it's still a jaw and a voice, you know, mm-hmm. even though, again, this is animated, but, uh, Peter Weller was in this with him. Um, the whole, the whole film, uh, it's, it's my, it's, it's my favorite right now, as far as, um, uh, uh DC comics direct to DVD, you know, um, I have a lot of good, I have a lot of favorite superhero movies, but when it comes to the actual animated ones, the cartoons, 
um, this one takes the cake. And this one is one of those, um, it's one of those bridges uh, that not only connects cartoons for adults, but also cartoon theme, you know, that a cartoon theme for kids in, and, it, and it matures it into the adult world. Uh, China, Illinois is a cartoon for adults, you know, from its inception. Yeah, right, you yeah, know, right from the get-go. Right from the get-go. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns is basically taking, you know, um, comic book, which was designed for kids, and just just maturing it, just, you know, just revving it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it brings dark themes and emotion and death um, into this, you know, previously for kids, you know, kind of um, theme. Yeah. So and it, yeah, and it was an idea that uh, well, it was it was in its comic book form in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's when Alan Moore uh, yep. wrote it, right? And uh, so it was going on well in the in the it wasn't hey, Moore's Miller morning cartoons. It wasn't Alan Moore. No Miller. Frank Miller and Alan Moore didn't write it. Was it Moore? Maybe so. Well, well, it's a Frank Miller. Comic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Frank Miller, who knew, you know, 300, uh, uh, master of the adult comic book, I guess you could say. Exactly, which started with this particular comic, really, yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, it, it, it was something new. I mean, there was, uh, two or three decades ago, there was really no idea of a grown-up animated thing. I think uh, Ralph Bashke, sometimes mm-hmm. he, he did like the, the Lord of the Rings, the animated one. Uh, there was a couple of things like that out there. But for the most part, if you were going to do a cartoon, you were going to aim strictly for kids. And it wasn't going to have a lot of emotion or, or depth or darkness. And that is clearly not the case anymore. They've made Batman so dark that they can't even do it as a cartoon. Nope, no. And they actually had to release this on this you know, special release, and it was a big DC kind of release. Um, I, I have been um, really getting into these guys. Uh, if you guys, you know, want to catch up on your comic book reading, um, and I was never a big comic book reader. Um, I fell in love with the superheroes through, you know, Saturday morning cartoons and through after-school cartoons, um, movies, and, and, and uh, other television shows. But um, DC Comics, probably over the last five years, have been releasing very, you know, high-production-valued, um, direct-to-DVD, direct-to-Blu-ray, movies that are based on, you know, uh, graphic novels. So this one is about The Dark Knight Returns and about that particular series, but they've done all kinds. They did The Green Lantern. They've done a one about the um, uh, Flash. Flashpoint just came out last year. There was a big Comic-Con thing about that. Um, they've done Doomsday. And by the way, I think if uh, if you've got Netflix, you can see most of them. Yeah, they're they do all have there. a deal and to they, go straight to Netflix as and, well. And they are fantastic. It really kind of catches you up with kind of the mythos behind some of these characters. Um, it's it's really something else. They've been doing this a while, um, but what it uh, what it reminds me of is that these things kind of grow um, and they kind of step in they 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 do kind of grow with us and we're and we're grateful for this but um when i was kind of doing a little bit of research here um i was reminded that even cartoons that we think of as kid cartoons you know even back then like in the 60s and 70s um the actual flintstones um that was a primetime show that was that yeah. was i think and it held a record until the simpsons came along i think for uh it was actually out for a while, and it was 
you know, since it was based on like the honeymooners and stuff right. more than cartoons, it was the first novel approach, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe, and we probably do owe the Flintstones a lot. Oh, a lot. Uh, well, generation because do, it was yeah. before me. The Simpsons, I can take some credit for. I, I it came out and I was Bart's age, and now I'm pushing Homer's age. And I, I even now when it sucks, I still watch it. <laughs> yeah, I only. I've, I have made a promise not to watch any new Simpsons, but I promise to always watch The Simpsons because it'll always be on. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I will, I will eventually see all the episodes. You know, that's the way it is. Well, actually, uh, I think FXX, the new FX channel, just bought, just recently, I just read this uh, sometime this week, just bought all The Simpsons episodes. Didn't they already own it if it's FX? That's no. Fox. No, no, no but no. It's, uh, it's however oh, it's structured. The syndication. They... They have it. So now mm-hmm. it's probably never going to show up on Netflix or, or it's probably going to be gone from Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now there's talk about maybe just putting out a sub-channel for FXX that's just Simpsons. That there are so many that you can just always have the Simpsons playing. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. Which they, you know, they might honestly do, and I think that'd be awesome. And there's so much in the canon. Mm-hmm. They might as well. Um, and the Simpsons, of course, do get plenty of credit. Uh, they, I guess, had the torch passed to them. Yeah, but you know, this is generationally um, I, from the Flintstones, but still, the 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 amount, the pervasiveness of this in pop culture now, I think, is so much greater than when the Flintstones were doing their thing. But and my my whole reason for even bringing it up is that this idea of adults and cartoons is not a new thing, right? It's been there. There's mm-hmm. always it's always been this kind of undertone, you know. Um, you know, Flintstones, again, guys, this was a prime time show. I'm not sure of the years. I'm thinking the 60s, right? I mm-hmm. mean, uh, the Honeymooners was 50s. I think so. Yeah. Mid, late 60s. So late 60s, the... early 70s. I'm totally guessing here. My research wasn't very complete, obviously. But, <laughs> but yeah, guys, this was, you know, this is not a new thing. Um, but, but I think when they put it out, the gimmick was the fact that, hey, it's a cartoon. Yeah, and, you know, and it was still kind of the well. I, I think the and, actual gimmick, the actual gimmick then was this is the honeymooners, you know. Yeah. It, but well, they're it saying still hey, exists. You could watch a cartoon, yeah, that's a, like a sitcom, yeah. because that's not what cartoons were like. And now it's so you know another animated show comes out on Fox on Wednesday nights. Nobody's like, hey, guess what? You get to watch a cartoon. It's just not thought of. It's not addressed. They, ha- I believe, it's called animation domination. I mean, they've completely given up their Sunday nights to animated cartoons um you know and yeah there's a little bit of a saturation here um but just like anything else there's you know everyone gets their favorite flavor everyone can pick and everyone can kind of move on um there's gonna be winners if you like the flavor seth mcfarland (laughs) yeah he seems to be kind of running things and uh there's never been a more talented guy in entertainment as he you know i'm a huge fan of 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 his and of his of mo- of most of his shows I yeah. watch and he's and he is a great example of our generation who yep doesn't want to grow up but it doesn't mean we're you know children anymore but uh, you know in his movie Ted mm-hmm. you know that, that, that was the whole yeah, joke turn it down if you haven't seen it by the way but here here's a spoiler the uh, uh, the Flash Gordon mm-hmm. thread that runs throughout it because back then a movie like Flash Gordon was Big deal. That's sci-fi. That was with kids in mind, but also made with enough money to be for adults. Ended up being a big campy mess, but I loved it. As a yeah, kid. it was good. But it was a, it, it. They, the studio took a chance putting out a live-action 
superhero movie like that, I think, because it wasn't really being done back in, what was it, 1982 or something. Uh, This was early, early Spielberg years. Um, It was probably before that. But um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, yeah, when when it was it before you know ET and uh, well, what what it what it actually gets itself. to, and I think this is where you're trying to head here, um, mm-hmm. is that the you know this is what Ted specifically you know th- this is what Ted specifically goes after is that you know these things that we love as a kid you know he was attached to this teddy bear obviously mm-hmm. um, are going to go with us and define us as we continue through life and the people that are there, there will become a point where the people in the, the the people that come into our lives have to decide to take us with these, you know, uh, <laughs> with these toys or passions. You know, it's it's a total package now. Yep. You know, there has to be a level of acceptance um, for all you girls out there. And you know, you don't get prettier than Mila Kunis here, right? I mean, she's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all you good-looking girls out, 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 out there looking for a uh, geek to love, you're, you're going to have to understand that it's, you know, you're going to have to take it, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a total package kind of thing, right? Um, we're not going to give this stuff up. It's a part of us now, and thankfully for that. So um, another, inter- another interesting thing that came out of that interview um, was obviously – uh, Uncle Ruckus said our names. Yes, yes, yes. he did. And um, we actually, because of that, it kind of uh, inspired us to kind of create a little promo reel. Oh, uh, oh you want to? Yeah, wanna I think it's. I think scr- it's, you know, yeah, we did. We put some work into this. We've cut it up. Let's let's go ahead and play our promo on our own show. All right, let's do this. Let's yeah. just, let's be yeah. totally self-serving. Right. Check this out, everybody. In a world where a couple geeks grow up watching Saturday morning cartoons. And now they're adults, but they still want to talk about cartoons and movies and TV and comics and all kinds of geek stuff. And sometimes they talk to girls and drink rum and swear a lot. Go crazy. Lose your freaking mind. Oh, great. You mean lose my fucking mind. Hell yeah, I do. Hey, everybody. Grim Shea here. Please join me and Mark E. Saturday mornings for Maddie P. Presents Saturday Morning Serial, where we look back fondly and pay homage to those original happy hours as a kid. Saturday morning, up at 6 a.m., getting loaded with a bunch of cereal and just parking it in front of the TV. Tell them, Uncle Ruckus. Why, folks, let me tell you something. There's no greater joy in life than to listen to that damn Grim and Barky. But do not listen to them if they're talking to a colored man. It will ruin your day. Oh, damn it, Uncle Ruckus. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Shameless of us. Absolutely shameless, but I still I still get a kick out of it. Well, Uncle Ruckus, damn it. Uncle fucking Ruckus. Yeah, he like he literally said her name there. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was amazing. Well, I mean, I guess you guys heard it twice. He said it in the interview, but then he's... Yeah, he's going to be featured in our promos, so we we thank him for that and the permission to do that. Thank you, Gary. And the uh, and the rather sultry ver- voice that you heard in there. Oh, who well, was that? before that, that's uh, that's the lovely Maria Thayer, oh, who gosh. we talked to last show, and we talked about, and we talked about, and uh, and we talked right through. Yeah, she was uh, she was our guest in our last episode, um, episode three, which was our. Adult Swim Eagle Heart episode. It was a great interview we had. You guys, 
Um, if you missed that interview, you can catch it on, uh, just go to mattypradio.com. Um, you can catch uh, a lot of our past stuff there. Yep, uh, yep. A little archive links. dump. Uh, anytime you're feeling lonely, you need a little Grim and Marky, we're right there waiting. Yeah, you know, and don't forget about Maddie P, guys. I mean, uh, if you if you want to hear, um, I did say earlier that a friend of the show, Peter Weller, uh, there is a great interview available uh, that Maddie P and the gang did with Peter Weller. Um, this is RoboCop, guys. You know, yeah. they actually talked to him, and this was right. Yeah, I think this is right after right after uh, Star, Star Trek, Trek movie yeah. came out. Yeah. Was and about and that. it great. turns out he was, you know, he's the main uh, antagonist, um, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you can find uh, all all the Matty P uh, radio family shows on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, go ahead, just uh, hammer can... away with your big fat fingers, Matty P. Yep. That'll probably get the job done if yeah. you search for yeah. it. There's a bunch of, I mean, you guys, there's Corey Feldman. Um, I just said Peter Weller. We've talked to, um, come on, g- g- uh, give me some of the, oh, um, what's his name, uh, Machete. Oh, Danny Trejo. Danny yeah. Trejo. We yeah, talked to Danny Trejo. Trejo. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah, uh, they... Danny Trejo was on there. Um, so there's there's a bunch yeah. of just yeah, great Maddie interviews. gets all the good interviews. I know, I know. We get, um, you know, slightly more focused and better interviews. Yes, yes, interviews. that's absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Thayer, we, uh, thank you so much for coming on, on, onto the show last on our last episode. And then, Gary, this, this week... Um, who else do we have today? Well, I'm glad you asked because I want to get right into that. We uh, we sat down and we talked to the uh, to uh, writers, producers, creators, Brad Neely mm-hmm. and Daniel Weidenfeld. And what do they do? Uh, they create, write, and produce. I'm glad you asked. Uh, what specifically? China, Illinois, yeah, on Adult talk Swim. About this show. Yeah, this is uh, well, this is again, uh, as as we said earlier, this is a great example of cartoons for grownups. Right. Clearly, this is not. This is not heady intellectual stuff by no, any means, no. but it's also not for kids. It's not going to make any sense to kids, and it's barely going to make sense to you, but it's still hilarious. <laughs> like the way you put that. Yeah, it's, um, I, I've seen, uh, I don't know, one or two of these shows, um, and yeah, it is just out there stuff, you know. Um, even not only just the actual jokes that they you know riddle off, um, but the animation style is very... I don't want to. It's not offensive, right? But it's no, it's, it's, it's not offensive. But it's 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 rough. It's cr- it's crass. You know. It's yeah. There's, <laughs> it, you know, he looks nothing like Fred Flintstone, right? Yeah. There's nothing innocent about these drawings. You know, these aren't doodles. You know, there's there's some purpose behind these um, characters in the way that they look, right? Well, although in in many ways they do just look like doodles. Well, I, and that's sort of, yeah, sort I, guess of I think, right. the point. Yeah. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Well, so do South Park, but, you know, that, that's... Yep. Yeah. That, that's kind of, you know, the, there's um, there's just a kind of a, a rough quality behind this. And, you know, this is... I guess what I'm trying to say is it's very clear, even if there was no sound, that this cartoon is just not for adults, you know? Well, I mean, not for kids. Not, I'm sorry, not for kids. Uh, and it's just really good and funny stuff. So we... We talked to um, Brad Neely um, and then David. David uh, Daniel Weidenfeld. D- Daniel Weidenfeld. Yep. Um, and we ended up interviewing these these guys together, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah. that's true. We were going to do them uh, separately, and we said, screw it. You guys are in the same room. Let's let's do this. And yeah, it was good. We had a, a little uh, radio roundtable. Uh, in fact, I think we even have it on tape. Should we play it? Uh, might as well get to it. All right. So 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 that we don't over-explain it, why don't you guys just go ahead and listen to uh, our, our chat 
with Brad Neely and Daniel Weidenfeld. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us. We have got a, uh, a double threat, another three-way, if you will, with uh, uh, Icon in the underground world of cartoons and, uh, well, actually, I guess even the primetime world of cartoons, Brad Neely and his uh, co-producer in China, Illinois, uh, starting its second season on Adult Swim, uh, Daniel Weidenfeld. Am I saying that right, Daniel? Great pronunciation. That's pretty amazing. You're one of the few to ever get that right on a first try. Oh, thank God. I was actually going to use a V, but I didn't know where to put it. (laughs) So we'll just stick with that. Weidenfeld. Perfect. All right, so everybody, please welcome Brad Neely and Daniel Weidenfeld. Hello, welcome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, I know you're uh, very busy making, from what I can understand, about... 50 animated shorts every seven or eight minutes or so, judging by uh, your, your careers. And uh, uh, thank you for joining me. I'm Grim Shea, joined, as always, by my co-producer, Mark E. Hello, everybody. And let's just dive right in. Season two, China, Illinois, uh, a combination of, uh, of the characters of Baby Cakes and the Professor Brothers. And if any of our listeners know what I'm talking about, I might hang out with you. But why don't you tell us, Brad, exactly uh, how all of this came about? How you started with the uh, with the diary shorts of baby cakes, and now you're uh, you're going on to season two on Adult Swim, a hard milestone to reach, I might add. Yeah, uh, well, I wasn't uh, dreaming to be a television guy. This kind of this is a weird fluke that I've just been riding riding on uh, the wave. Um, I just made a, a short one day down in Austin, Texas, uh, called George Washington back when uh, the uh, YouTube was pretty new. I'd never done that sort of thing. I didn't know what I was doing, but just decided to post it on YouTube, and it got, got a lot of attention. So uh, Super Deluxe called me up, asked me if I wanted to do more of those kind of things. I said, well, I guess. That sounds good. So started doing Baby Cakes and Professor Brothers there until they uh, closed up shop and then jumped over to Adult Swim and started making the show with Daniel in 11-minute format, season one down. Hey, why don't we make this a 22-minute show? Well, that sounds good. Okay, so we just turned it into a a 22-minute show, and we're in the middle of those right now, airing. (laughs) So you just decided arbitrarily, why not double the workload? Well, we found that we had been telling... too many stories to fit into 11 minutes for season one. It was a little crammed, and I didn't really watch a whole lot of TV, so, um, it, you know, 22 minutes is what everybody's used to, so it just it felt more natural. It was actually more work putting trying to cram so much into shorter stories. Yeah. And have, give all of our characters the space and room they needed to actually be charming. It was just story, 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 story. And so now we've actually opened it up a little bit more, and I don't feel like we're telling much more in the 22 minutes. It just flows better. Yeah. There can be more, there's more room for, like, a longer musical number. There's more room to actually have our characters interact. So that's sort of how it's, it's been. It actually has been really nice and a huge relief to do these longer episodes. So by next season, we're looking at, uh, at your 43-minute kind of mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're doing features, a feature every week. It's going to premiere, I think, in 2020. Ten, ten features. <laughs> ten features. Can it's we a also bold assume... undertaking, but we think we're ready for it. 
Can we also assume that maybe a live version of your show will be coming up soon? Oh, yeah, that we're, is gonna... we're getting everybody contractually tied up to that. <laughs> right well, I don't blame you because you do have a wide array of characters for one 11-minute show. So I'm, I'm glad it expanded to 22. And you've got some great talent, too, for the voices. Uh, you've got... Yeah, we got Greta Gerwig and Hulk Hogan and Jeffrey Tambor, uh, just to name a few. I mean, that's uh, Jason Alexander. Uh, uh, still, yeah. though, for some reason, it seems like, Brad, you insist on playing most of the main roles. Is this ego? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's not exactly, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick about it. I, I think, I mean, I think it, it, was, it, it was mostly, uh, it was the only way to, it was circumstance. When Brad was doing this all alone and doing all the drawings, he had to voice all the characters. And so then once we started moving forward, we're like, okay, let's have other people do. It would be unfair for Brad to do 17 characters every episode. Oh, well, I, you could do oh, it. Of course I, you could do it. I'd love to open it up. <laughs> you know, we're just uh, we're using some characters that were pre-existent, so we're kind of stuck. Oh, well, well, well nonetheless, that's nice when you cut them some breaks. Take it away. Cool. Uh, I, I actually have a uh, question for you guys, and I have not seen the show yet. It, it looks great. Uh, it sounds great. But how could you possibly have Hulk Hogan on there unless he plays himself? I mean, you, you could obviously tell when, when Hulk Hogan speaks. Well, he kind of does play himself as the dean. He does. Okay. At the, yeah, but at the same time, I think that he's very conscious of, be, of acting a character. He says mm-hmm. some pretty salacious shit. He's game for anything so long as he's playing the dean. Mm-hmm. And we do have conversations to make sure that we don't do anything that shoots holes in his Hulk Hogan personality that he still Hulkamania. Is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he's a family-friendly kind of personality out there, and I think it's really fun for him to come in and play the dean who is this terrible anti-human, raging alcoholic. Yeah, I think that's sort of, you know, when we started figuring out, okay, we're doing a college show, obviously we need a dean. Like, we, we started off trying to find, like, your more typical academic personalities to play that character, and then we realized, like, this school is so fucking crazy, and the teachers are already so bad, they need to have an even worse influence over them. And the least academic and craziest, most alpha male around is Hulk Hogan. So there's, like, there, there's a whole new source of comedy. Out, you know, we love Wally Shawn, and we had talked about him, but it wouldn't have added anything unexpected. And by well, bringing Hulk in to be the, the most academic person or the, the leader of, an, of a university is... We just wanted, like, who is America's dad? Mm-hmm. And then we were like, well, that's, that's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Uh, but I, I, you, it, you know Hulk Hogan's voice the second you hear it. And, uh, but just in case, I notice sometimes you, you even throw the little wrestling belt that says Dean around his waist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and it definitely helps. Like, with the pilot and, you know, that first season, having him, having him involved, he's been incredible and we're so lucky to have him, but having him involved in the show, like, it, it meant a lot. Like, knowing that there's somebody of that, stature in this show for, you know, an Adult Swim 11-minute show, then it's grown since then, but that, that was one of the reasons people started talking about it, which was helpful. That, well, uh, and why, why shouldn't they? Everyone, I think, remembers Hulk Hogan from, well, 
from his own cartoon back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Do you, you guys remember that? that kind of recognition. thing that comes to mind always. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's exactly and, and right. Yeah. And the musician. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the many, the many lives of Hulk Hogan, and yet I don't think he has changed physically one bit. No, he's the same guy. <laughs> that is uncanny and clearly signs of an alien. Yeah, I agree. But okay. just, you know what? Uh, uh, speaking of uh, of going back to uh, to those cartoons, now you guys, I, I think all four of us here right now are probably. I don't know for sure about you, Daniel, but from what I can understand, we're all pretty much born within the same six month period or so. We're, we're definitely <laughs> definitely class of '94, class of '95, or. That's great. Well, after yeah, 2001, whatever, whatever you want to put on your resume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys also grow up with the Saturday morning cartoons as the highlight of your week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, it was the weekday fair that I really got into, coming home to watch uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers and Thundercats and Silverhawks. That was, oh, that was great. the shit. For me, it was like, I mean, I don't want to date myself. I'm probably slightly younger, but it was, it was Saturday morning cartoons, but then it was really like Saved by the Bell and then those horrible uh, shows that were also a part of that world. It was like sweet, uh, Hoop Dreams was one of them. What? It was, no, it was, it was, there was a show called City Guys. It was about a basketball team. Hoop Dreams the cartoon. Hoop Dreams. The 22-minute what? Yeah, live action teenage show. It was very different from the documentary. Was, they they took some liberties for the, for the creative. Yeah, I, was, I was just saved by the bellboy. Oh, man, it sounds like I got out of that world just in time. I think I saw uh, the yes, first you did, but few Kelly seasons of saved by the bell. She was a, she was she was a babe. Oh, a little babe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I, that ended up on so much syndication. I went back and seen every single mm-hmm. episode many times. Hoop Dreams? Haven't caught one yet. <laughs> no idea. Hoop dreams. Hey, if nobody's made that, let's get on there. You're this. talking about hanging with Mr. Hooper. No, hanging with Mr. Cooper was on Tuesday nights or TGIF. Yeah, that this was one my was called City Guys, City Boys. Is it City Boys? City Boys. The <laughs> what? What? All I hope I'm making this up. In my mind, it's a real show. <laughs> I, I don't disbelieve. I just uh, I, I didn't know that the dregs had gotten that far upstream at that point. I just, I just like the idea of a hoop dream, the animated cartoon. <laughs> the most depressing every Saturday morning. Oh, I don't want to watch that, Mom. Please <laughs> turn it off. I want to. Well, the- I want. I want to be optimistic. How many times can the Globetrotters visit one show? <laughs> Oh, well, well do, do you think that uh, now, now it's funny you bring up the afternoon uh, cartoons because those were big for me too. And I think as I was getting older, latchkey kid, coming home, and what I would do my, myself, uh, I want to call it tradition, but it, I guess it was more like, you know, pre-adolescent self-medication. I would sit there and I would just tear through bowl after bowl of cereal just like it was Saturday morning again. I was trying to get that fixed you're, every day at like 3 in the afternoon. What, what was your cereal, though? I am a Fruity Pebble guy. I am a Fruity Pebble guy. I did not get colorful cereals much. <laughs> I was uh, you know, allowed only so much, and I would usually pull the trigger on the marshmallow cereals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a Lucky Charms guy. There was a circus cereal that came out that I can't find Christmas anywhere. Sugar? No, it was, it was a... It was a it was a circus-based 
sugary marshmallow cereal that was around for maybe like six weeks when I was seven years old. And I have no idea where it went, but I still think about it all the time. That and Hoop Dreams. Was it in a bag or a box? It was in a box. Okay. So you weren't poor. Okay, go on. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most insightful way of gauging. (laughs) Yeah, what shelf do you get your cereal from? Exactly. That's how you can tell. The bag or the box shelf. (laughs) Really good. Mom always said, ah, you can't tell the difference. So she would just I, I just outed myself as being really young and upper middle class growing <laughs> yep. up. Yep. <laughs> you, guys, you, really, you guys really know how to get a lot out of people. That's, that is our jobs. You know? yep. yeah. Years of practice honing this talk about cereal and cartoons has finally paid off. I know. <laughs> just out uh, that Daniel Weidenfeld was a spoiled brat growing up. Was, oh, we're only just starting. Yeah, right. Okay, right. good, good, good. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then, then to back off of that and then uh, uh, and <laughs> jump right back into cartoons, though. Uh, I, I just saw this thing, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is, I, fi- I finally got him to watch this. Uh, Brad Quiblo. Are we going to be seeing more of him, or are you just blowing <laughs> smoke up my ass here? Oh, no, no. I'm just getting started on Quiblo, uh, among other things. But that's something I did just for my own website called Crease Comics. Um, and I got, I got so many other ones to flush out and they just kind of take a little bit of time and I got a baby. Oh, congratulations. That song is infectious too. I don't mean to move away from the baby I've been hearing it in my head. Yes. We we were actually going to ask permission to play it at the end of this interview. Get after it. All right. It's on. Oh, oh, absolutely going to do it. And also for our listeners who may not have been paying super attention, it was actually creasedcomics.com, not Creep Comics. Don't go to Creep Comics. If you're looking for Brad Neely, Brad Neely is creasedcomics.com. You might have got to check this thing out. This this song, like a virus, will in, will invade your mind and will just it'll just be humming in there. <laughs> I got five forty-five and it's five forty-five. <laughs> Hilarious. Congratulations. Uh, can, can I ask you, um, was it you, like, in front of your computer kind of mixing the music, or did you totally rip that off? No, I, I, I did all of that. Uh, wow. That's just me sitting in my office, killing time. Yeah. I make music. I make a whole lot of music. I made, like, 50 songs for, for China, Illinois, Season 2. Um, it's just one of those things. Oh, wow. Yeah, just in, in China. that talent. In the show, Brad, you know, there's like 50 original songs that, that Brad made. Some are just sort of more like background music, and then others are real pop, like actual pop songs in the style of the Beach Boys or sort of this Bruce Springsteen-esque character that comes to town. But there's like a bunch of original music. Brad did the theme song for the show. We just had this commercial, Get Your Ass Back to School, sort of in the campaign that we did for the for the launch of it. And like all the music, even for the shorts, back in the, like back when we were doing it for Super Deluxe, all those baby cake songs and Professor Brothers songs were, you know, Brad, Brad just made them in his apartment or in the office. So beyond the creating, the writing, taking up a a good half the roles, you just said, man, why don't I just churn out about seven or eight albums worth of music just to go (laughs) along with this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm starting to think the animation would look a little more professional if you were more focused, Brad. That's right. I know what you mean. I feel the same way. I have focus issues. 
Well, that's all right. I've enjoyed your all-over-the-map entertainment over the years. Uh, I'm going to bring something up that not a lot of people know about, I'm guessing, Uh, but wizard people, dear reader. The Stephen Jesse Bernstein uh, overtrack for the first Harry Potter movie. Yeah, that's like 10 years old. Thank you. I did that like 10 years ago just for some friends in Austin, Texas, and then it kind of got out of hand, and... uh, before I knew it, I was doing it live, and uh, well, a lot of people wanted to write about it, and then uh, Warner Brothers didn't know how to deal with their fans back then, so they just shut me down. <laughs> and now and now they uh, they pay me. <laughs> it, you went in a wild world. Yep, you, you <laughs> held out. You, you basically still did something you didn't have to do, and it sounds like you spent months of your life on it. Yep. I don't even know if you deserve to get play, paid for that, but uh, but I, for one, congratulate you. Well, thank you. And, and thank you for it, too. It is it is funny. Uh, I had no idea that it was basically uh, you were mimicking, because uh, I had never heard of uh, Stephen Jesse Bernstein, or Jesse Bernstein, uh, despite being, you know, like I said, growing up in the time that we all did, grunge, Nirvana, Seattle, big buzzword right, right. during the developmental years, and this guy was so instrumental in that and setting up that atmosphere. Uh, for those of you Absolutely. listening who don't know, spoken word poet, uh, troubled genius, and just downright hilarious, actually. I've listened to a lot of his stuff, and as sad and disturbing as the imagery is, it always makes me laugh. He always has one or two in there where I just go, hey, not only is he right, but that's the funniest way to put it. So funny. I it, where did you pick up this skill of mimicry because it is dead on. Oh, thanks. No, I uh it's been a, I think that's kind of my guiding uh force in life is just to rip people off. Uh <laughs> seems like everything in my life has a has a secret source. Um the uh, voices that I do for China are people that I used to work with or you know, hang out with in Austin. Um, turns out I'm not very creative at all. <laughs> well, well, I, I, being able to do all that sounds creative enough to me, and I'm, I'm even trying to hide my, my accent and my lisp, and and everything oh, else, right. so that you will never ever be able to be creative with me. <laughs> Isn't that right, Marky? That's right. <laughs> so uh, what's coming up next in uh, China, Illinois, aside from the feature-length episodes, which we can expect next season? Uh, where, where are you taking this giant cast of characters, and is anyone ever going to graduate from the school? <laughs> oh, boy. I, I bet the school uh, uh, blows up before anybody could ever get their diploma. <laughs> we, uh, I mean, we still... We still have half a season we're airing right now, so there's at least six episodes left, I think, um, where they, uh, there's some, an infestation they have to deal with, uh, yeah. God comes to the town. Pony falls in love with a bed bug. Yeah. Um, because mm. all the other guys in China are, are shitty. Oh, yeah, terrible. Uh, <laughs> as men can, as men can be. Um, but yeah, uh, we had the return of Ronald Reagan. Last last week he was in season one and he's back. He didn't die. He never had Alzheimer's. He just created a time machine. And oh, been... I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, <laughs> that was first season. Uh, that's we're digging in the crates there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, 
we had like six episodes left and then hopefully get another season out of this. Brad and I have been working together on these characters for like seven years now. Yeah. So, you know, just to have the opportunity to do it more, to do it for longer is, is the goal. Yeah, still got a lot to do with them. Well, how'd you guys how'd you guys hook up and create these characters? How did this how did this partnership come about? Um, Daniel was working over at Super Deluxe whenever they called up and needed uh, content, and um, I was I was the world's worst assistant for an amazing woman over at Cartoon Network, this woman Khaki Jones. I was the worst assistant ever, but Mike Lazo, who runs Adult Swim, saw something. In me, I was like a home. I was like just a homeless person that was walking the hall. That was walking the halls there. Who eat cayenne to breakfast? Exactly. Um, and then, so when they started Super Deluxe, Mike Lazo told Drew Reifenberg, I'm just saying a bunch of names. Nobody will know what they mean. But he's like the guy who was running Super Deluxe. Like, bring this kid in. He is finding videos like Brad Neely's George Washington, and you know he has a he knows what's funny. So I went over there. Brad had just started, I think, the week I was yeah. working there. He just started sending videos into Super Deluxe. And ever since, you know, the first thing, like my first or second week, I saw those, fir- those early baby cakes yeah. shorts. And we've been working together. Mm-hmm. It's been seven years. Yeah. Oh, so you're basically responsible for each other's success. I would say that. We right. are, I so- mean, it's like. Uh, we're like a, we're like a, it's a work, we have a work marriage, right, as his, his wife, and then we spend equal amounts of time together, unfortunately, for, for Lori. <laughs> well, well, who, who in the end decides to, uh, to pick lunch? It's says back and forth. It is, but Brad generally wins because he cares more. We both have really insane food issues. <laughs> like a peanut like allergy? really, really, oh, what's that? Like a peanut allergy kind of thing? No, it's like demented. Brad is, and I'm going to out you here. Brad is, Brad is the worst dietary habits of anyone I've ever met. Like Brad, and he doesn't always, but if he could, would eat Arby's or McDonald's every day for breakfast and lunch. Nobody eats Arby's unless they have to. Well, actually, do, do you have a favorite between the two? Depends on the day, man. Sometimes you wake uh, up and I like you're, it. You're an Arby man. <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a little bacon and cheddar's better. Maybe uh, you need a break. No, that's very well. Well, you know what? You're a leaf on the wind, and I respect you for it. But, and then, uh, so I you're... sometimes the, the, we, we'll meet in the middle at wings. Yeah. Like that's where we can meet in the middle. <laughs> and then sometimes I win, and we get like vegan food or a salad. And I hate doing it, but I have weird food issues. So that's how we. That's how we do. Mostly Brad wins, though. Mm. Well, yeah. it sounds like he screams louder. Good for you, Brad. <laughs> Daniel, you're you're, you're going to need some uh, some processed beef if you want to if you uh, want to win some arguments. You're probably weak from salad. I abstain. <laughs> I abstain from Arby's most of the time. We had when we were right. We were in a writers and once and we ordered these Jamocha shakes. That was. I don't get those, man. I, they are the most disgusting things I've ever had. We all we lost a day. <laughs> you guys we, we lost a full day of work. Due to a Jamocha shake. Yeah. And we never learned our lesson because another day we got In-N-Out Burger and milkshakes. Yeah. And that well, cost and us a whole afternoon at least and the night. I, I, I always try to avoid any kind of food where the name of it just sounds completely fucking made up. Jamocha. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, what's the well, in Jamocha is, but what's the ja? 
<laughs> I have no idea what that is. It sounds like coffee. I don't. <laughs> well, now we have to break I mean, the word I, from our sponsors. In and out, Shaboka shakes. What's Jamaican stuff doing at Arby's? This <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Right. One, one yeah. thing I will not have is a jerk shake. A jerk shake yeah, either. I don't, you know, I don't want it's that. Just, it's patchouli oil and mocha. Oh. <laughs> I'm just I'm getting nauseous just thinking about that. It's horrible. <laughs> now, oh. you, now you know what we felt like. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, now I want to go back to the cereal discussion. That sounded <laughs> so much better. Well, let, let's all think about Fruity Pebbles and Lucky Charms. Uh, I do want to say uh, I, I wanted to thank you guys for joining us today. And uh, when does the next season start of China? Uh, we, you, are, uh, we are waiting to get official word on that. But right now it's, it airs Sunday nights at 1130 on, on Adult Swim. We have six more weeks, and then I'm sure it will go into replays. Um, but, yeah, we premiered September 22nd. Um, and so now we're, just, we're finishing out this run. But people seem to be – I mean, you, you take what you will off of strangers on Twitter. <laughs> but people, like, on the, 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 the social media response have been, like, pretty – unilaterally positive for this so you know and the press has been good and people have been really kind to the show people seem to like it so hopefully we get to make more no i personally i am a fan and i think the uh it's if if people don't know what they're getting into and they just catch like a still of it it looks i mean the cra- very lo-fi but there's an incredible amount of work and talent that goes into it and it's got great music it's got we listed some of the just some of the voice actors earlier and uh, and and the story is just as twisted and and fast moving as you can expect from uh, uh, from most of the stuff that's coming out of Adult Swim right now, which is very quality. Well, and, yeah, well, thank you. We're in good well, company I, over there. Good, yeah. We just want you guys to keep it up. The the more well, good well, quality so I see on TV, the the more likely I'm going to start paying a cable bill again soon. <laughs> 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 and just have feeling it off a bit, Torrent. We appreciate yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. Soon I will be an actual demographic for you. I promise. <laughs> as long as it's become a Nielsen home, then then we'll then we'll be really grateful. <laughs> oh, I write them every week begging. <laughs> Do you get free cable if you're in Nielsen home? You have to. Uh, I don't I think, think so. so no. Well. I've been a, a Nielsen guy before, where they just send you like they send you like a like a like well, a they send you a little a little book a little book where yeah. you have to keep track. They don't give you the special box, and they also give you. And I know I don't know if they've changed it in the years since I've done it, but they put like five single dollar bills in the envelope. Yeah, I actually did that once for uh, keep uh, it. Don't do it if you don't want to, but they give you the five dollars regardless. Yeah, I actually did that. What for is the five dollars uh, for? I don't think it covers a week's worth of cable. <laughs> but maybe back no, in the no, old you were, days, you are you are actually paid a dollar for basically filling out this little you know this little check mark of like this like schedule of what you watched. I, I actually did it for my. They had sent my mom this back in the very early '90s, and so she didn't really want to do it. So she just you know she kept the five bucks, but she gave me all the books, and so I was like writing down all the stuff, and I was just like, mm, let me just kind of screw with this uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, but, you know, and I was just like filling in all, you know, so I'm, I might be partially responsible for why he's still on the air. I'm sorry about that. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, it's just like this little book, and you like fill it out, and yeah, they literally put in a crisp dollar bill in every book, you know, like 
fill this out for my buddy George Washington, you know. <laughs> Move this up. I can't, and neither of you guys have Mafia. been uh, tapped for this. I think it's like a jury, new, uh, like a jury duty kind of thing. I assume. Yeah. It, it definitely sounds like the mafia. Like that's well. that's mafia style. <laughs> oh yeah. You don't pay sure people is. in cash in an envelope for a mm. real business. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and you end up into them. Yeah. I can't remember if I ever got around to sending back all the booklets, but I've done it a couple of times, and if they ever trust me again, I swear to God, China, <laughs> Illinois, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., and I, uh, I speak for my entire family of uh, 12 or 16 <laughs> 2-year-olds. We watch the show. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining. Uh, uh, you know, usually... As, especially when we get uh, two people working on the same project, if we interview them separately, I like to ask the first one what we should ask the second one. But since we've got you both together, I don't see any reason not to do it anyway. No, no. I, yeah, I, I think, uh, Brad, uh, what should we ask? Uh, what, what should we ask Daniel? What, what, what is he going to dish about? Oh, boy. Uh, you, you, oh, shit. I don't know. I don't, uh. Daniel, uh, what should we ask Brad? I, 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 unfortunately, I was going to say ask Brad what he ate for breakfast this morning. But well, we I don't want to know. About, yeah. What's that? I don't, I don't want to know. It sounds like no, Arby's. because that was going to be Arby's an entryway into the, in, into the diet. It was Chick-fil-A today. Chick-fil-A today. You uh, ate it. I ate it, too. I'm, I'm not better than that. I'm going to eat some <laughs> fucking Chick-fil-A all the time. Uh, yes, they might have terrible political and world views, mm-hmm. but they still make delicious chicken. It's hard. Oh, yep. it's, hard. it's, it's that peanut oil. It's delicious. Yeah. At the end of the day, a chicken's a chicken. I agree. A chicken's a chicken. Or apparently for your case, uh, at the beginning of the day, a chicken is a chicken. <laughs> any, any time of day for me. Yeah. Oh, my God. I could eat that all day. Yeah. All right. Well. Thank you so much for uh, for talking to us, guys. Uh, I don't know if we've uh, educated you at all, but I feel that you've educated us. And listeners, <laughs> everybody say thank you right now, right into your computer. We're hearing. Yeah, okay, you. good, good. Could have been more, uh, more heartfelt, but we all want to <laughs> thank you guys. Brad Neely, Daniel Weidenfeld, thank you for joining us. China, Illinois on Adult Swim uh, Sundays at what time, guys? Sundays um, at 11.30. At 11.30. 11.30. Ooh, the prime spot. 11.30 p.m. Sunday nights. Skip Breaking Bad. Who gives a fuck about that show? Walking Bad. Walking Tall. Breaking Bad. Walking Dead. Whatever the fucking show does now. China. Illinois. China, Illinois. 11.30. If you are used to watching Adult Swim, actually, you might want to strap in. This is a full 22 minutes. Uh, I don't know, get, get two forties and keep them with you for this one. Cause it's going to be longer than most. <laughs> it's going to pay off. Uh, speaking of forties with a little bit of luck, we are going to outro you with, uh, Brad, would you like to, uh, sing just a quick stanza for us? I think you know what I'm talking no, about. No, I would not like that. Quiblo. Was that Quiblo? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're all looking for more Quiblo. And until then it's, I got five forty-five. And it's 5.45. Take care, guys. Whopper and a 40. Thanks for talking to us, guys. We'll see you soon on the, on the boob tube. See you later. All right. Thanks, guys.
Have you learned anything on that today? Uh, it's, it's Saturday morning. I don't learn shit. Well, that sounds about par for the course. Yeah. Speaking of Saturday morning, I don't think it is anymore. The light's streaming in through the uh, windows. The milk is starting to congeal. The oh. cereal is soggy and gross. Gross. My ass is asleep. I'm lazy. <laughs> and I can't find cartoons on TV anymore. It's all this goddamn college football. Yeah, Time to go. Oh, now there's an infomercial. Yeah, none of this is working. That's it. Let, let's call it a week. What do you say, Marky? Yeah, I think we've done enough damage. All right. Well, once again, thanks to our guest, Gary Anthony Williams, Brad Neely, Daniel Weidenfeld, China, Illinois, on Adult Swim. Always catch it there, and it's it's worth it if you haven't seen it, and it's worth seeing again if you have. Yeah, and you know, while you're on there, uh, check out any of the numerous uh, incredible shows and cartoons and jokes. The actual website are, itself, uh, yeah, uh, the actual website itself, if you guys go to Adult Swim, um, it's, an, it's a really fun and creative website just to interact with. So I highly recommend it. You guys should pay these guys a little respect. They're doing the Lord's work, uh, bringing these things to, to the masses. Yep. Right? Are, are you with to, me on to this? To the infantile, screaming, <laughs> softened masses that we have become. To the mustard pooping, <laughs> infantile. You know. Anyway, yes. yes, we're, yes, we're I, a nation I, of man children, and we have no regrets about it. I think that's what we've established today, that's right? That's the whole point. There you go. Well, on behalf of me, Grim Shea, my cohort, Mark E., and the big Darth Vader in the corner, good night, everybody. Thank you, all Oh, this is enough of this.